Leading up to this morning, I've been thinking about generosity and fairness. We just heard the parable of the vineyard workers, and this is one of Jesus's The Kingdom of Heaven is Like parables. And in this one, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner that hires workers for his vineyard. It seems there's some sort of day labor program happening out of the marketplace. So the vineyard owner goes to the marketplace at least five different times during that day. At 6 a.m., at 9 a.m., at noon, at 3 p.m., and then finally at 5 p.m., at the very end of the day. And each time that he goes to the marketplace, he hires more workers and sends them to the vineyard to labor for him. As you heard, when evening falls, he calls to the manager and invites the manager to bring all the laborers together. And those who were hired latest in the day got paid first. And they got paid a full day's wage. And those who were hired earlier in the afternoon all received a full day's wage. And then those who worked half the day received a full day's wage. And finally, those who had worked a full days of work also received merely a full day's wage. And they complain. I assume you know why, or can imagine why. I can. Those slackers who showed up well after the heat of the day had vanished, who worked only one single measly hour, those slackers got paid as much as the hard-working lot who had busted their bums to get to the marketplace before the sun showed up and to be ready for a full day of labor. Now, when they register their complaint with the landowner, the landowner says to them, friend, I'm already annoyed. (laughs) Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual day's wage? Secondly, well, yes, of course, there had been an agreement, but I would have expected that my full day of work and labor would have been noticed and then more generously compensated than the latecomers. The landowner goes on, take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Okay, I'd probably be able to take it, I probably at this point would be taking it a little bit personally. I'd be wondering what I did wrong or what sweet connection existed that I was not privy to. Oh, you can show up at five. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'd have to concede that, of course, the money ultimately belongs to the landowner and the landowner can distribute as he chooses, but I just would have expected more fairness. And finally, the landowner's question that rings in my heart and my ears. Or are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I am generous? Generosity is clearly shown to those slackers, the latecomers. But where's the generosity for the hard-working lot that worked all day long? And I get to about this point in meditating on the parable when I first consciously realize that I've 
begun by identifying with those who labored all day. That's where I've situated myself in the story, right? And it's easy to do. These characters are the most well-developed in the story, so we hear more from them. We get to know them a little bit better. And their argument is pretty compelling. And I think I tend to read the gospel through the eyes of the underdog, and in this case, they kind of seem to be getting the short stick. Sure, they got the wages they agreed to, but somehow it still doesn't seem fair, and nobody ever told me life was fair. I was just with my family this week. I can assure you my mom certainly never told me life was fair. But I sort of expected better from the kingdom of heaven. (sighs) So, since I immediately went to stand in the shoes of the full-day workers, I decide to try on the shoes of the 5 p.m.ers. Those who worked one hour. And if we go back in the parable, when the landowner finds the workers in the marketplace at 5 p.m., he asks them why they've been standing idle all day. And they reply, because no one has hired us. And we don't know why no one has hired them. Those details are not provided in the parable. So either the storyteller, Jesus, or the story recorder, Matthew, thought those details inconsequential. But I find them intriguing. Why hadn't these workers been hired all day? And just reflecting, just using my imagination and reflecting on the possibilities has taught me something about fairness and generosity. Maybe there's a couple of single parents in the group who had to get their kids off to school before heading down to the marketplace, giving them a late start on the day. Maybe there's a couple of folks who were never afforded any apprenticeship opportunities, who are unskilled workers that struggle to get themselves down to the marketplace at all for fear of facing embarrassment or rejection or not getting hired, and then getting down to the marketplace and facing embarrassment or rejection or not getting hired. Maybe there's some who are ill, physically or mentally, for whom an hour or two of work is the equivalent of a full day's labor in terms of what they are sincerely able to do. Maybe there's some who can't afford to live in the neighborhoods near the marketplace and have a much longer journey in the morning. And here's where the aha moment occurs for me in reflecting on this parable of Jesus's. Maybe those hard workers who showed up right away in the morning, ready to labor all day, are heirs to some privileges that allow them to work all day. And maybe that's why I identify with them. Not because of the more robust character development in the story, but because I identify with the privilege of being able to work a full day. Am I envious of the landowner's generosity? Am I a little like Jonah in one of my favorite stories from the Hebrew Bible? You remember that part from the Jonah story where Jonah crowns himself the king of whining and poutiness. It's in Nineveh when God sees that the Ninevites have turned from their evil ways and the text tells us that God changed God's mind and decides not to bring the calamity originally promised on Nineveh. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, the text reads, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, is this not what I said while I was in my country? 
This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. I knew you were going to be gracious to them. This is why I didn't want to come in the first place. So, like Jonah, am I envious that God is gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love? Not only is life not fair, neither, it seems, is God. God isn't fair. Instead, God is something much more amazing than fair. God is generous, compassionate, just, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God isn't fair. God is generous. Now, the reason I've been pondering fairness and generosity is all that's happening in our country, in our world right now. Right now, Hurricane Irma is barreling into Florida. Right now. We haven't even been able to take a breath after Hurricane Harvey in Houston. And then the devastating and deadly earthquake in Mexico and our own burning Columbia River Gorge. I haven't been as connected to news sources in the past week or so, but I'm having flashbacks to Hurricane Katrina. And I recall at that time reading a whole lot of truly awful analysis about those crazy loons who didn't evacuate, who didn't heed the warnings, who foolishly thought they could ride it out, who ended up creating the crisis of tens of thousands stuck in convention centers and athletic facilities, who eventually had to be forced to evacuate. And I recall having heard a whole lot about not having heard a whole lot about the privilege of being able to evacuate. The privilege of understanding and speaking the language of the issued warnings, that is English. The privilege of having a car. The privilege of having a car that works. The privilege of having a car that works and has a tank full of gas. The privilege of having a car that works, a tank full of gas, and a destination. The privilege of having documents proving you're in this country legally so you don't have to fear crossing state lines or showing up to an emergency shelter or signing up to receive aid, especially in the week after our president and our federal government dealt another huge blow to our immigrant neighbors by setting an expiration date on DACA. Since Katrina, how many years ago now? Twelve? I can only look at tragedies like the hurricanes and earthquakes ravishing our land right now and its peoples right now and see how racism and poverty contribute to their severity. And as Amy alluded to in our prayer for peace today, our own complicity in contributing to the climate that is also adding to the severity of these tragedies. In a country that likes to divide folks into two camps, the deserving and the undeserving, The undeserving evacuees are the 5 p.m.ers. They're the latecomers. They're still hanging out in their homes for who knows what reason. And they're going to show up at the marketplace late in the day. And they're going to take any work they can get. 
I think the parable of the landowner in the vineyard, some 2,000 years after it was recorded, still has the potential to teach us that even those latecomers deserve a full day's wage. After all, they have the same need as those who worked all day. It may even teach us that in the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, God will make reparations to those who have been systemically held back and down. That's an interesting new thought for me, looking at this parable. It still teaches us that God isn't fair, but God is generous and compassionate and just. I think the parable contributes to a general biblical vision that in the kingdom of heaven, all will be beneficiaries of God's generosity. And so the question for me, at least, and maybe for others of you, is will we be envious because God is generous? Or will we be a people who follow this Jesus, who reveal the generous God? Will we see the face of Christ in the least of these 5 p.m.ers, latecomers? Will we stand in the gap and offer God's generosity to every last one? So as we prepare for our years ahead in school and at work, our year of service, vocations, avocations, as we prepare for this year ahead of life in this world of, as followers of Jesus, may we strive for and embody something far greater than, gen- than fairness. May we strive for and embody the generosity of God. May it be so.